This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I'm Sam Sachs. I am Sam Knight. And we are back from our tour, our southern tour with the Trillbillies and Street Fight Radio. Never thought I'd be happy to be back in Pistown. And I had a fantastic fucking time on this tour. But it was nice to sleep in a bed last night. Yeah. Yeah, last night I had food uh, that wasn't fried or soaked in butter or fat or breadcrumbs or anything. And uh, I feel a lot better today. But I also had a fucking stellar time and I cannot wait to hit the road again. Yeah, yeah. We're going to do this again. Thanks to everybody who came out in D.C., in Chapel Hill, in Jacksonville, in Atlanta. That was a wild show in Atlanta. And uh, in Nashville on a Monday night. Uh, if we met any of you and we talked about something important, DM us about it. Because I was pretty fucked up after every show. <laughs> <laughs> Same, same, definitely. Uh, big thanks to those of you who uh, smoked us out after shows too, and uh, big thanks to the our to our spirit guide in Chapel Hill. Uh, you know who you are. It was it was very much appreciated. Yes. Uh, again, thank you to the Street Fight guys for setting this whole thing up. Brian, for driving the van. He didn't let anybody else drive. <laughs> And I don't blame him. When I drove back from Nashville to D.C. yesterday, I didn't let Sam Knight drive. No, he didn't. Ten hours. We fucking whipped that We trip, did. We, we did whip right it, it real hard. Real hard. But uh, yeah, great fun. Not sure how much news we missed. I know there were some debates that we talked about during our live shows a little bit. But Bernie went on Joe Rogan's show. <laughs> Actually, I looked at the issues that were covered. Look, Joe Rogan obviously is a dumbass a total dumbass like i don't think joe rogan's a fascist although he's had fascists on his show and he's like gives them friendly yeah gives them friendly interviews i think joe rogan's just a fucking idiot he is and views free speech as like this ultimate goal for everybody i looked at the transcript of this interview with bernie and they covered a lot of good issues he did a very good job with bernie including ending the interview on one of the most important questions of all, will Bernie reveal the existence of UFOs? He he promised to go back on uh, the Joe Rogan experience if if he does get access <laughs> to that information and to do it. So uh, you got Rogan got a campaign promise out of Bernie. You got you, you got to hand him that. But I definitely uh, I agree that it sounds like Bernie handled himself well. Uh, Joe Rogan, again, is a complete idiot with reactionary tendencies who uh, who his understanding of issues is is very superficial at best, if just like completely misguided. But I think also, uh, unlike Fox, where Joe Rogan is just a complete idiot and Fox is actively evil, I think Bernie has the chance to reach a huge audience of people that he probably would not easily reach through other channels and definitely Fox news is just a fucking like cable news in general is just an arena for confirmation bias. Yes. There are very, a lot of Rogan's listeners I'm sure are very only marginally interested in politics and uh, Bernie needs those people to win. 
Bernie does yeah, not. New voters. Yes, he does not need the middle manager, uh, fucking you know, fire and brimstone reactionaries that constantly watch Fox News or the leftists who just watch it to watch the train wreck. Subscribe on Patreon. And to be clear, Bernie handled himself okay during the Fox News town hall. Just again, not not what I would have done. Subscribe on Patreon, <laughs> patreon.com slash district sentinel. We'll write you your own haiku and read it uh, on the show a bit later. We've got a bunch of haikus to get to uh, at the end of today's show. Do we have any rant line calls later? Uh Yes, we do have a rant line call nice. actually to get to later. I, I just wanted to stress to those who may have seen our live shows who might be listening for the first time now that the rant line is a real thing. We will play your messages. It's yeah. not just fake calls from uh, Ted Cruz and Dan Crenshaw. 202-684-6108. Leave a message. We'll play it on one of the shows. Uh, also, if you subscribe on Patreon, you get access to all our newscasts Monday through Thursday, and you get to participate in the garbage can proceedings, I'll open that up a little later tonight for you to nominate a garbage can, garbage candidate, I should say, and we'll throw someone in on Friday. Boy, we threw a lot of people in the garbage can on the tour. We threw in uh, Epstein. We threw in Jeff Bezos. We, we sure did. I think we threw in Joe Biden one night. I think we threw in Steny Hoyer one night. Honestly, I, I, I cannot actually remember all the people we threw in the garbage can. We're going we're gonna to need to watch the, uh, the Means TV video when it comes out. I hope, I hope Nick's got a, uh, a nice little montage of all the, yeah. the garbage cans ready to go. I hope so, too. Okay, it's been a while, but let's get back to it. It's Wednesday, August 7th, 2019. Here's the news. Yet another white nationalist has been exposed within the Trump administration. Today, the Southern Poverty Law Center revealed that a State Department official is also a neo-fascist activist. Matthew Gebert works as a foreign affairs officer for the agency's Bureau of Energy Resources. According to the SPLC, he was hired in 2013 through a prestigious fellowship, and only two years later, he became active in the far right. The GW grad has hosted gatherings featuring other white nationalists at his home in Leesburg, Virginia, which he owns with his wife, Anna Vukovic. The couple has consorted with a variety of neo-Nazi types, including infamous Holocaust denier David Irving, who once compared Auschwitz to Disneyland. Gebert also appears to have attended the infamous Richard Spencer Hail Trump speech immediately following the 2016 election. One silver lining from the story, the SPLC was tipped off by a source from within Gebert's inner circle, which is a sign that all is not well in his shitty fascist world. As of recording, however, Gebert does not appear to have been let go by the State Department. It does seem, however, like he will not be long for the agency, not necessarily because of his views, but because he was caught. Last year, a low-ranking DHS official named Ian Smith resigned just as The Atlantic was set to run a story on his ties to folks like Richard Spencer. With that said, however, Stephen Miller still works for the White House. Next up, I found an interesting detail in a Government Accountability Office report today. The oversight body looked into why it's taking the FDA so long to approve generic drugs. Generic drugs are... Of course, exact copies of brand name medications that have seen their patents expire. Generic drugs are often substantially cheaper than the brand name versions. But the GAO found that only 12% of generic drugs are approved on their first submission to the FDA. The rest typically take three cycles of submission. 
as in submit the drug and all the materials, receive comment from the agency, resubmit, receive more comment from the agency, resubmit, finally, okay, you're approved. It's a process that typically takes years. And delays of generic drug approvals actually benefits major pharmaceutical companies by keeping their more expensive medication without a competitor. Today's GAO report suggests that drug companies may have found a tactic to mess with the generic drug approval process and deliberately delay those approvals. Generic drugs have to have the exact same labels as the brand drugs, and GAO reported concerns that brand drug makers frequently change their labels in order to put a snag in the approval process. Reading an excerpt from the report, quote, Five of the ten stakeholders we interviewed said they believe such labeling changes negatively impact the rate of first cycle approvals, and three said they believe that brand name companies may strategically time updates to a brand name drug's labeling to occur right before the approval of a generic competitor in order to delay generic drug approvals. Further, quote, FDA officials also acknowledge that there may be an incentive for brand name drug companies to change the label on a drug frequently to make it more difficult for a generic drug application to be approved. The GAO recommended that the commissioner of the FDA look into this. We really need Bernie to uh, hop on board that Elizabeth Warren plan for a nationalized uh, drug manufacturer. Jesus Christ almighty. Speaking of, Warren came out in support of municipal broadband today in a Medium post about her plans for helping rural America. Warren said she would urge Congress to pass laws enshrining the right of local communities to establish their own municipal broadband services. As the senator noted, 26 states have passed laws banning, quote, municipalities from building their own broadband infrastructure to protect the interests of giant telecom companies. Under President Obama, the FCC tried to preempt these rules through regulatory action in 2015. The initiative was struck down by an appellate circuit court. If you were wondering about Bernie Sanders' position on municipal broadband, uh, the answer is that he supports it. Of course he does. Anyway, as uh, Vice noted, Sanders mentioned municipal broadband in his infrastructure proposal when he ran in 2016. Finally, there's growing concern about the safety of artificial turf, which is widely in use on children's playgrounds all over the country. It's made of rubber tires, which are an assortment of chemicals and carcinogens. Well, the EPA actually looked into the safety of artificial turf, and as you'd expect from an agency headed by a former coal lobbyist with a sweeping deregulatory agenda, the study was deeply flawed. That's the charge from the oversight group PEER, Public Employees for Environmental Responsibility. This week, PEER filed a legal complaint against the EPA, charging that the agency's study released last July, which concluded that the risks of artificial turf were low, was, quote, inaccurate, incomplete, unreliable, and must be retracted. Specifically, PEER noted that the study exempted more than half of the chemicals associated with artificial turf and recycled tire crumbs from review. It also failed to consider how certain chemicals could mix with each other when agitated. The study also used a flawed methodology, according to Peer, when it measured for lead levels. It only measured how artificial turf reacts in low temperatures and failed to consider how the chemicals may react under hotter temperatures like those often seen on outdoor playgrounds. Finally, Peer argued that the EPA didn't even consider that children may be uniquely vulnerable to 
and affected by even low levels of toxic substances. Peer's science policy director Kyla Bennett said in a press release that the EPA report was, quote, just the latest example of EPA abdicating its public health responsibilities. This is, in fact, a bit of deja vu. Back in 2009, the EPA looked into artificial turf and also found low risks associated with it. That study was flawed, too, and at the time, Peer filed a legal complaint. In response, the EPA actually withdrew its safety assurances. Didn't want to be uh, too harsh on Bernie there earlier on the drug price thing, but I, I, I don't want to go off on a tangent here. I, when I was in Canada, people up there were not thrilled about uh, American politicians saying, let's just import our drugs from Canada because they already have access problems up there themselves. And we should not be relying on Canada's public health system to... It's uh, not a sustainable policy. No, it's not. That'll do it for the newscast today. Before we go, we've got some haiku to read for our new subscribers on patreon.com slash district sentinel. I see there's a theme to some of these haikus. Haiku, excuse me. This is for Andrew. Highway rest stop life. Burger, burger, fried chicken. Toilet destruction. Thank you, Andrew. This one goes out to Guinevere. Half bottle for fun, full bottle for ego death. The choice is all yours. Thank you, Guinevere. Still not convinced full bottle is ego death, but anyway. Uh, this is for Ryan. Life is a highway, and I'm going to ride it to double cheeseburgers. Thank you, Ryan. This goes out to Alicia. They're trapped in a cage. Two parakeets forever. Fighting constantly. Thank you, Alicia. Finally, this is for Jake. Florida swamp chillin'. Passing around the doobie. Oh no, lightning bolt. That was scary indeed. Thank you, Jake. Thank you to all the new subscribers over at Patreon patreon.com slash district sentinel as sam mentioned we uh do in fact have a uh voicemail here from the listener rant line let's check it out sam 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 and sam 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 and sam it's sam and sam it's sam and sam sam and sam boys boys it's it's me. Hi, guys. Hi, Sam. Hi, Sam. It's your old buddy, George Authority. Although I'm just George or Josh now because um, I've been banned from Twitter for like almost a year. Wow. It's been forever. Hey, I just wanted to call in because um, I also haven't eaten Long John Silver's in, in forever. Being from Arizona, uh, Sam's home state of Florida's sister state from the other side of the uh, old U.S., uh, I, too, grew up enjoying the uh, wonderful treats, hush puppies, the chicken planks, the combos, the clam strips, Long John Silvers. One Long John Silver. Um, and I just wanted to know if Sam, like me, was a big batter dip chicken plank boy. I, I like to get the chicken plank meal and then ask them for an extra chicken plank. And if that batter dip chicken, it's just 
Just dang delectable. Anyways, love you boys. Hope you're doing well. It's been a long time. Uh, take care. Man, it's good to hear from Jorts again. Very good to hear from Jorts. I follow Jorts on Instagram, so I've been keeping up with him, but I've just been waiting with bated breath for him to call into the rant line again. So glad to hear from him. That was a call before we went on, on tour. We I was talking about how I can't wait to go down south and eat at Long John Silver's. Hadn't done that in a while. Unfortunately, we never got a chance to do that on tour. But to answer George's question, no, I never got the goddamn chicken planks at Long John Silver's. <laughs> if I if I had I got known the fried shrimp basket, you get the fried shrimp. If I had known there was chicken at Long John Silver, I probably would have been less repulsed by the thought of going. But uh, it's good to hear from George, and good to learn that Long John Silver has chicken. Thanks for calling, George. Thanks for calling, bud. One more call here. Hey, John. It's Drug and Duluth. I'm just uh, driving back from a night of musky fishing and was listening to uh, Grateful Dead. And I know you guys are on tour, and it just kind of made, made me laugh thinking about it. It's like, you know, eventually maybe one guy, one day these guys will get so fucking big that there's a collection. It's like, oh, my God, were you there? At, were you there? Were you there for, for 8-1-2019? I don't know. It's, it's a dumb call, but I think the tour is a fucking unbelievable idea. Uh, you guys, the Trillbillies and Street Fight are, are my favorites. And, uh, you know, like Jam Band Cannon, there will be Podcast Cannon. You know, were you there for A1 2019, dude? All right, take it easy, boys. Enjoy the tour. <laughs> Hell yeah, thanks for the call. I, I mean, Brett was talking about it the whole time we were on tour, how this is a historical event. <laughs> this is a world historical event. He, he may have been right. I'm skeptical, but uh, only time will tell. Fake it till you make it. Thank you, Greg in Duluth. That'll do it for the show today. We'll be back for subscribers tomorrow. Till then, we're here in D.C., so you don't have to be.